Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking about life in the Spirit. This is our eighth session. We've talked about how you are supernaturally wired to live out of your spirit man as opposed to being under the control and direction of your mind and your emotions and your body. The Bible says that we're either living in the spirit that is under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit or we're living in the flesh that is. What is the flesh? It's the appetites of our body that are out of line with God's highest and best, but it's more than that. The flesh is old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving. Old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving. When we were born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us. But how many of you know that every thought, every emotion, every choice immediately lined up in obedience to the Lord. Didn't happen, did it? It's an ongoing process as we learn to walk under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Word says that the flesh, old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, pull against one another. They're constantly pulling against each other, and the Bible says they can never get into agreement. I want to tell you something that I tell the ministers under me all the time. Your flesh is never going to get any better. You have to reckon it to be dead at the cross. You can't educate it or train it and expect it's ever going to get any better. But the Bible says that something amazing has and wonderful has happened, and that is in God's eyes at the cross when Jesus totally represented you. And when he went to the cross, Jesus saw not only all of our sins, but he saw all the reasons why we sin. He saw all of our old patterns of thinking and speaking and behaving that were out of line with his highest and best And Jesus, when he was nailed to that cross, he not only took the penalty of our sin, he broke the power of our sin. We don't have to walk in the flesh. And when we, by faith through the grace of God, believed, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us and empowers us to walk under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit and not obey the lust and pull of the flesh. Now what I've been talking to you about just in these last three minutes is Romans 6 through 8 and Galatians 5 combined. But I want us to take a look today. We've been talking about life in the Spirit and we just finished our series on the gifts of the Spirit. But I want us 
to notice something that usually when you teach on life in the Holy Spirit, we tend to forget, and yet it's at the heart of everything that the Holy Spirit does and ministers to us. In John 15, 26, remember when Jesus was telling the disciples and us what he was going to do with the Holy Spirit? He said, he, when he comes, he, the Holy Spirit, will testify of me, of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's just like Jesus. He, the Holy Spirit, will testify of me. Okay? Hold your place right there in Romans 5 that I ask you to turn to and turn back to the left to John chapter 1. I want to show you something. Rem- uh, understanding that the Holy Spirit is ministering the life and ministry of Jesus in us as a believer. What does that look like? You know, all of us are familiar with the wonderful first few verses of John 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we're all familiar with verse 14 as well. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father this word that became flesh was full of what full of what it's okay to talk in here full of what and full of grace and truth so Jesus was full of grace and truth. Well, what does the word say about Jesus? He's the same when? Yesterday, today, and okay, so if he was full of grace, that means he is full of grace and he always be full of grace. But do you know what grace is? If you boil it all down, Old and New Testament, and you look especially at that word in the New Testament, grace, the New Testament written under the direction of the Holy Spirit in the Greek language, that word is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S in English, and it means God's undiminished, unrelenting, life-changing favor, and God's supernatural undiminishing ability. Let's think about that for a minute. God's favor and God's ability. Understand this. We all talk about the love of God and we ask the Lord to give us a greater revelation of the love of God. Understand this, that grace, grace is the main characteristic of God's love. Grace has a flow to it. It has a A manifestation to it. God showed his favor toward us and shows his favor towards us and his supernatural ability because of his love for us. If Jesus is full of grace and truth, let's look at verse 17 there in John 1. I hope you had not closed that yet. The law, that is God's outward standard of righteousness... You've heard it, hadn't you? The law? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not do this, 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 this. Right? The law came 
verse 17, through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So here's my question for you today. Do you walk in the, in the ongoing deepening revelation that God's favor is in you and on you? Do you walk in the ongoing revelation that God's supernatural ability can defeat every enemy, can give you anything you ever need to sustain, anything you have to walk through? Do you know that? Do you have the ongoing revelation that God's fa- God loves you, He's hopelessly in love with you, and His favor is in you and on you. Now, whether or not you connect with it is up to you. You can't receive anything from the Lord except that it comes through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. But understand this, that the the Word of God is full of the absolute assurance that God loves you so much that He holds you in a place of supernatural, unrelenting favor. 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 Do you get up every morning to go to your job and are you full of the revelation, thank you, O God, that I am blessed and highly favored today? I am a favored man or woman. Do you go right there where you spend your day, whatever it is, maybe it's in your home, maybe it's with your kids or grandkids. Do you get up every morning and say, Lord, give me a deeper revelation that I am blessed and highly favored today? The main manifestation of love is favor. Well, pastor, why are we so weak in that? Well, it's because we've chosen to not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and believe the Word of God. Did you know that even Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of grace? The main thing that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, the love of God's been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And the grace, the favor that flows out of that love is like a divine magnet. If you don't have a revelation of the favor of God, you are missing it as a businessman or woman. You're missing it as somebody who serves other people. You are, the favor of God is in your own. Why is, where's our problem? We have allowed our outward physical circumstances to determine whether or not we're favored or not. Somebody says something critical about us, something doesn't go our way, our customers or clients are not acting right, people in our family don't think we're so swell right now, we don't walk in the revelation of that favor, and we tend to think that we don't have God's favor because of what is happening to us. So here's a question for all of us. Are our outward circumstances what defines the truth, or is it the Word of God? We've got to make a choice, had not we? 
It's one or the other. And so we have to decide, God, regardless of what I see today, regardless of all this opposition that I'm sensing and feeling, regardless of how I even feel in my own mind and emotions today, I am blessed and highly favored. My God loves me, and I have the favor of God. Give me greater revelation of it. Can I tell you something? Nothing in your life can stop the favor of God. The favor of God is stronger than any opposition you have. The favor of God is greater than any heartache. It is greater than any challenge. It is greater than any judge or jury. The favor of God is greater than anything that you will ever face. It is unstoppable. The favor of God flows out of the love of God. Oh God, give us revelation. It's not our circumstances. Do you allow what other people, how other people see you to make you feel whether or not you have the favor of God or not? Do you know that you can be walking in revelation of the favor of God and if you listen to what somebody says about you, and it might be somebody close to you, you can lose a revelation of it real quick. Right? So what we need to do is back off and say, hold on just a minute. Am I allowing what this person has said to me or about me to decide whether or not I have the favor of God or not? We got to grow up. We have got to get to that point to where we don't allow outward circumstances or the investment other people make in our lives with their words or their decisions to stop us from having the revelation that I am blessed and highly favored by my God. And nothing can stop His favor. So other people, circumstances, there's another enemy that stops us from really receiving the favor of God, and that's what I call the law. If you read uh, Romans 5 through 8 lately, the law, let's define the law. It's not just what God gave Moses. The law are those external boundaries and dictates that declare what God is like. And one of the enemies the devil uses most, you say, I can't believe you're saying that. One of the enemies the devil uses most to get us outside of the revelation of the favor of God is religion. Amen. The application of outside standards and what we continue, we continue to believe the lie that although God saved us by the blood of Jesus, it is our own performance that makes him pleased with us. I believe he saved me out of his grace, his love and favor, but I don't believe he's pleased with me or is even listening to me unless I do this, 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 and this. And you know what that means? It means that we have supernaturally been led by the enemy of our soul into the lie that you are saved by grace, but you are favored by law. 
The discussion of Romans, especially chapter 7, tells us something incredible. It says the greater the application of the law, the greater our tendency is to rebel against that law. You ever tried to affect change by outer laws? Your parents, listen to me, you can modify behavior temporarily by the application of the law, but you can never change the heart that way. You don't ever get permanent results that way. When children are small, that's a different thing. You got to tell them the boundary and tell them it is that way because it is that way sometimes. But how many of you know that the application of the law can never put somebody in a place where there's ongoing victory? Now, I know some of you know a whole lot more about things like this than I do. This is called a level. And what's the purpose of a level? It's supposed to tell you whether something's straight or crooked, right? Wouldn't that make sense? All right. So let's suppose that this stage, I can see real issues and it is not straight. And uh, when I put this level up against it, ah, it appears to me that, uh uh-oh, something is through time and settling. Something's not exactly straight. Now, what's this? I can reinforce the application of this level. I can hammer on it. I can yell at it. I can do anything, but you know what? The application of the standard won't make a crooked stage straight. You know what Romans is telling us? In chapter 7, the application of the law can never make a crooked wall straight. It can't affect internal lasting change. All it can do is modify external behavior for a little bit. You ever been around uh, churches or schools or families that all they do is, all the kids here is, don't, 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 can't, 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 no, 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 no. Hmm, how's that working? What I've found after serving five churches in a Christian school, what I found is the application of the law doesn't do anything but stir up more rebellion. And as soon as they get out, if they've never tasted grace, as soon as they get out from under the law, rebellion has its way. Whew. 
when we try to modify behavior, even if we're well-intentioned by the law. Don't do this. Don't do that. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Whenever there is the rejection that comes from the application of the law, lasting change never happens. It stirs up rebellion. It makes us want to do the very thing that somebody is telling us we can't do. It's called the flesh. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. We have got to pray for and believe and operate in grace. Because grace not only shows the favor of God, grace enables us to be who God has created us to be. It's grace that enlightens us, but it's also grace that enables us. Grace doesn't mean you can do anything you so want to do in your own flesh, but grace gives you the power to be what God's created you to be. In Romans chapter 5, as I asked you to turn earlier today, I want us to see a powerful passage that changed mine and Dina's life years ago. 517, if by the one man, that is Adam, by his sin, his offense, death reigned through the one, that is, spiritual genetics got passed down from Adam. Much more, those who receive, those who receive, those who not only hear and believe, but those who embrace by faith, the abundance of what? Let's translate. Those who receive more than enough favor and ability from God and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Do you want to teach your children and grandchildren how to reign in life? Talk to them about receiving the abundance of God's favor and receiving the gift of His righteousness. Well, Honey, God tells us not to do that because God wants only the very best for us. And he knows that if we walk outside of what's best for us, we're going to get into a pattern of self-destruction. God thinks sex is a wonderful and beautiful gift given by God for the expression of intimacy and procreation in, the, in, in marriage. Now, why do you do that? Because if you get outside of that and you start operating outside the faithfulness of that gift, then there's going to be something that is going to start self-destroying. Talk to them about grace and not just the law. Why would God want us to give that portion, that tithe of the income to him? Because the Bible is very clear that he wants us to prosper. He's going to open the windows of heaven and pour us out blessing and rebuke the devourer on our behalf. It is for our blessing and our protection that he puts that in there. Not to destroy us or to be selfish. Talk about grace. God, give us greater revelation of your favor and your ability, and may we be carriers of it.
I pray the Lord would give us and our children greater revelation of His grace. Do you know that what's going to heal and restore your child is the grace of God? Now, you can't force that on them, but you can be a carrier of it. If all you do is apply the law, you're going to create more inner rebellion against that law. Romans 6.14, I love it. Have you looked at it lately, Romans 6.14? Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You want to have a supernatural magnetic pull to your life? Learn to operate in the grace of God. How did I get that? Well, the first, the next, the the preceding verses tell you how God saw you. He saw you that sin's power over you were broken at the cross and the burial and the ascension of Jesus. It's the way God sees it. You say, I don't know about that. Have you looked at Ephesians 1 lately? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Are you in Christ? Would you know that God sees you holy and blameless because you're in Christ? Do you have a revelation of that? He chose you. He adopted you as his child. He made you accepted in Christ Jesus. You're just as accepted as Jesus is accepted. Oh my. Some of you think, well, if I fail to do my devotional uh, a day or two, then God's not, he don't love me as much. That's the law. I want to tell you something right now. God loves you just as much when you sinned as when you were getting everything right. His love for you didn't diminish. You say, well, does that give me a permit to sin? What does Romans say? Shall we sin because God has given us grace? May it never be. It's grace that enables us to walk in the light of His character. Because that is His character, is grace. Well, only God's grace gives us the power. It embraces us and enables us. And we need to learn to walk in it. Let's look briefly at Romans 8. There is therefore now. What does the outward law, what does it bring to me when I violate it? If the law says, do not covet, does that law keep me from coveting? Yes or no? In fact, Paul says, and he uses this illustration, the law said, do not covet. And what I found out when I was trying to live up to the law, I had coveting explode on the inside of me. It just, it just got stronger and deeper. I won't covet, I won't covet, I won't. Man, I wish I had that. Woo! 
<laughs> right? There is chapter 8, verse 1. Now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Pastor, my if my flesh is always tending towards sin then where's the deliverance in that? Well, the deliverance is there's a higher law. The law of grace is a lot higher than the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Remember, he's the spirit of grace. Remember, Jesus is full of grace. When we ask the Holy Spirit to control and direct our steps when we walk, we walk in a higher law than that which we find in the flesh. And in the flesh, there's condemnation. You know why? Because when we violate God's holy and righteous standard, our flesh is very faithful to condemn us. Do you know that shame and condemnation are two things? If you are experiencing shame or condemnation, you can bet you're not walking in grace, nor are you walking in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Shame and condemnation, you will not find anywhere in the New Testament that God is the author of that. He convicts us of sin. He corrects us. But how many of you know that conviction and correction is rehabilitative? It is restorative Shame and condemnation comes out of control and manipulation. If we walk by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that law has made us free of sin and death. You been on an airplane lately? My goodness, if you've been watching the news, you may not want to get on one lately. You jump off that stage right there, you're going to have any number of results. Most of them may not be good. Because there's a law of gravity. It's a gravitational pull and it's always in force. But when you go and you sit there and you rest in the law of aerodynamics, that jet will lift you outside the bondage of gravity. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will keep you from living under the control and direction of your own flesh. How do you do that? How do you walk? Well, last time I saw it was one step at a time. Lord, I recognize your spirit's presence on the inside of me. And I recognize that the main manifestation of your spirit's presence is grace, your favor, and your ability. And you know, the more you walk in that, the less hold anything has on you. But you have to participate and partner. It's not automatic. And you have to yield your will. 
And sometimes you need reinforcement from others in prayer and accountability. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Life in the Spirit is a life that is under the control of grace. Do you have revelation of it? God, give us greater revelation. Would you bow your heads with me, please? You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.